All right, good morning. Good to see everybody. Um, also, congrats to all of you who just graduated. That is so amazing. Great to hear all these, uh, all these things about you guys. I've gotten to know you a little bit through our Zoom times together um, that we were on when I got to join you guys for Crux. Um, and a couple times in person just before the pandemic got going, which was really cool. So it's really neat to hear all these things about you guys and know more about you. I hope when you're back, I'd love to get to know you guys some more. And, for the, and so prayers be with you as you go to college that God increases in your world in ways you did not expect, uh, for real, to all of you guys who are going off to college. And for those of you who are here, uh, who are students who are still coming back for school in the fall, uh, our prayers with you guys as well as you begin your school year, uh, or a couple may have already started. But that, and I look forward to getting to know you guys too. Uh, so this is, this is a, really a day of celebration. Um, hopefully this will come up okay, because um, the guitar is not plugged, but hopefully you all will be able to hear this okay. Wanted to kind of start with a song. We're talking about wisdom today. And this song is by, um, people hear that guitar okay? At least here? Okay. You may not on the camera at home. It just may sound like I'm singing acapella, but hopefully not. This is called Wisdom. It's not by me. It's by a guy named John Gorka. Wisdom exists. It's not commonly found. It's got the lonesomest howl of any dog in the pound. Wisdom persists. Wisdom swings free. What once worked for you will not work for me. Wisdom will stick. It's a permanent bond. It tends to resist. All the scum in the pond Wisdom will stay Wisdom hangs on It's not like the news Which is already gone Wisdom resides Between salt and sky I'm too mean to quit too dumb to try It might come soon And it sure comes slow It's not all the facts It's just what you need to know Wisdom says so Wisdom will fit It won't use much space Against all odds with no chemical trace Wisdom hangs on It knew your face When you were young When you were young
wisdom arrives like a crude afterthought its modern value played down because it cannot be bought wisdom persists it's got an elegant glow it mostly consists of what you know you don't know wisdom still free but it doesn't come cheap it's found in your dreams not on the nights you don't sleep wisdom hangs on saves wear on your lip it won't go to waste it shoots from the hip wisdom exists it's not commonly found it's got the lonesomest howl of any dog in the pound let me pray for us as we start this morning god i pray you would help us understand this wisdom thing there's no simple answers for it. It's liquid. It's hard to comprehend. We don't always know what to do with it. Knowledge is easy. We get knowledge. But wisdom, sometimes that feels like it's beyond me. Sometimes it feels like it's just beyond my reach. Lord, I pray you would show us more clearly what to do with your wisdom this morning. I pray you would reach each one of us. Those of us who will be here as long as we can imagine, those of us who are about to leave us in a few days or go off to college, I pray that you would hit each person where they need to be hit this morning in a way that only you can. Amen. So, today we're going to tie wisdom together with what we put our faith in. Wisdom was the topic that I was handed about things we should talk about more. And I was going, okay. Well, this is interesting. Anyone here, I'm curious, anyone here ever study your spiritual gifts, like take an inventory where you learn about your spiritual gifts? A few of you have, most, some have not. You can almost take it like a personality test online or something like that. I don't know, like an Enneagram test or whatever, since that's what I tend to be known for. But it's, but it's you know, you can actually do this. I've done this with teams of leaders I was part of, and we would talk about that. Um, so I've taken a few, and usually they'll, have, give you, they'll set aside your secondary gifts, kind of the ones that help a little bit, but they're not the central gifts for you. And usually I come in pretty high on things like teaching, leadership, uh, pastoring, stuff like that. But I have two that are kind of at the top. Number two is encouragement and exhortation. Like just coming alongside and just giving people a word of encouragement or of challenge if they need it. But my biggest one that's right there with it is wisdom. Wisdom is one of my top two. Now, lest it sound like I am claiming some high moral authority here, I know this wisdom is a gift of God because I and myself am not wise. I do a lot of stupid things, okay? Yeah, can I get an amen? 
Yeah. <laughs> but God, for some strange reason, in his infinite kindness and mercy, has seen fit to give wisdom through me. I don't know why. Maybe through applying it to someone's life or problems. Or help a pastor or leader think through a difficult decision uh, with spiritual insight. I've never felt called to like, while I am officially a pastor in greater than ministries, I've never felt called to actually be the pastor over a formal church that meets um, in, in such a way. But I'm usually better to come alongside a pastor or leader and offer them, God, here's some wisdom that just came to me. That's just how I'm wired. Another way I know this is from God the wisdom he'll give me is something I hadn't even thought of. Isn't that cool? Like, that's how you know it's a spiritual gift. It's something that's bigger than what you could do yourself. And for me, I, I, he, he just gives it to me in ways I can't even explain. An example, I was recently listening to a young adult friend as she talked about problems with a guy that she's seeing. And I... I just sat there and I was like, I have no answers for what this girl is going through. I have no answers for her. I just kind of listened. I said, God, I don't know if there's any purpose to this time, but do you have something for me to say? And then toward the end, it suddenly hit me all at once. And I said to her, it sounds like in a way you've made this guy that you're seeing so important in your life that he's like a God himself. I think you're really looking for God. And it's like you're trusting him for some, I don't know, affirmation, love, sense of purpose, I don't know what it is, that you're meant to receive from God. And she was like, you know, that thought had hit me, but I didn't really have words for it. I think you called it. And I was like, that's all you, God, thank you. Because <laughs> I didn't have that. I had no idea what to say. So, and what she does with it, that's up to her. But God just put that there. Funny how that works. And that realization that God is our source of wisdom. God is where it all comes from. That is key to everything we're talking about today. Everything. So, I would like us to take some time, and we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 9, uh, one of my favorite passages in the Bible right here. But let's, let's look through this together. I'll read it out loud, but let's take some time here. This, I love this scripture. That was a weird noise outside. But anyway, I love this scripture, and it takes wisdom, and it personifies wisdom, turns wisdom into a person. And that's what I love. I love how it personifies it. So here it is. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up her seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city, let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come Eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. 
Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. So a lot of good thoughts here. Where do we even begin? Oh my gosh. First, let's take a look at this person of wisdom for a second that we looked at at the beginning. What was she like? I'd like to actually have people call out an answer or two. What was she, what was she like? What kind of person was she? Okay, organized. She was. She was on the ball. She had things ready, didn't she? Generous. Very true. She was extremely generous, ready to give freely. Did she force people to take it? No. She was generous. She offered. She did not coerce. What else? Anyone else? What'd you say? Hospitable. Yeah. Very welcoming, yeah, extremely, okay? She was skilled, skilled. yeah. Not only that, so she built her, I mean, she's hospitable, but she's not just good at making things, she built her house. <laughs> oh my gosh, now that, that's a little beyond my level of wisdom, my pay grade there. But, you know, I always think of it like this, she has the house built securely, right, and the seven pillars it talked about, that just kind of would be a, an idea of a reliable structure we could count on. Um, prepared her meals with care. You notice that she sends out her servants. She sends them out and doesn't even say anything about what she has to tell them to do. Just as they know because they've spent time watching her being around her, you know? Now look, let's look at what wisdom says. She says this, let all who are, what, come to my house. Simple, simple. Come eat my food, drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. So a little disclosure here. I'm going to take a little bit of a side path for a moment. Uh, But it does tie to the bigger idea of this talk. Have you ever read a scripture? This is a little disclosure on my part. I'm going to be a little open with you guys. Have you ever read a scripture that you felt capture something personal for you? And then, maybe mistakenly partly, you take it as a justification of something that you do already. Like maybe a political belief you have was like, look, it says it right here in the Bible. Yeah, or a way of getting back at a pet peeve of yours, okay? Yeah, look, the Bible says what I've been saying all along, right? Ooh, in your face, yeah. And then you read it a little more closely. And as you do, you realize it convicts you. This scripture is like that for me. Wisdom cries, let all who are simple come to my house. Let's focus on that word simple. Leave your simple ways 
and you will live. Well, a lot of people love simple. There are some ways simple is great. Simple is nice if you have an instruction manual. Simple is nice if you, get, if you have a menu. Um, I love eating at Cheesecake Factory. Anyone else? But if you ever go there, that menu is not simple. That thing is like 30 pages. Okay? That's ridiculous. I, can't, I find like six or seven things I want every time I eat there. Um, so there's a beauty in simplicity. It's a gift to be simple. It's a gift to be free, right? But all my life, this is where it becomes my pet peeve. I've experienced a lot of people, including Christians, who use simplicity as an excuse for intellectual and spiritual laziness. Okay? Here's what I mean. When faced with a complex problem, a complicated story or someone's testimony, people often default to the simplest explanation that they can find for it. The simplest explanation, whatever affirms the beliefs they already had. Anyone ever guilty? Yeah, I know, I've, I've been there too. This connects to my story because I was a kid who was unusual and I experienced the bad side of simple at a young age. I zoned out a lot in school, especially like in third grade, I was really that way. I spaced out all the time. Um, if you're a great student, congrats. It took me a while to find my student side. And I had a learning style that most teachers didn't know how to handle yet. I had to draw while I was listening to the teacher. But I had an old-fashioned teacher who defaulted to the simplest explanation for the fact that I was drawing in her class. I was just disobedient. I was worthy of a scolding in front of the class. I also had church experiences like that in high school where I asked really hard questions about God because I was trying to understand him as a new Christian about faith, politics, other things. And a couple of leaders who opted for the more simple-minded attitude basically said, that's not how Christians think. Get with the program. But God, in his beautiful way, redeemed these things, even these difficult experiences in my life. And when I became a youth ministry volunteer in college, God used those painful moments to give me a heart for the misunderstood kid. If you ever feel like you, people don't get you, I'm with you. Like, and I would have experiences like where some, someone's going, some yelling at a kid and going, well, Tommy doesn't want to go back to church because he's fallen away from God. And I'm like, well, hold on. Has anyone actually talked to Tommy? Oh yeah, I talked at Tommy. I told him to get his act together. And I'd be going, well, wait a second. Does anyone actually know the reasons this kid doesn't want to go to church? And it's like, oh, I know why. Same reason when I was a kid. I wanted a party and I was going to be bad. But are you sure that's the reason? See, defaulting to the simplest explanation for why Tommy wasn't, doesn't want to go to church instead of actually listening to him. So simply, simple largely had a negative connotation in my life. All to say, I read this scripture, let all who are simple come to my house, leave your simple ways and you'll live. And I was going, yeah, man, life is complex. People are complex. Don't judge everyone by what you think, man. But then God showed me 
how complexity can also be a default. Sometimes I default to overthinking. Sometimes the adult who says that the kid just wants to party turns out to be half right. Maybe they need the problem to be too simple, but I need it to be a little too complex. And if that's my default, in a way, who's being simple? Me, right? When Proverbs 9.6 says, leave your simple ways, simple's an important word here. But there's a word that is even more crucial. Your, your simple ways. Because simple here is every one of us defaulting to what we usually do anyway. If I've already decided how I'm going to handle conflict, get my scoop on the world around me, deal with my problems, make decisions. What do I need God's wisdom for? I've already told you about one of my defaults. What are your defaults? Where do you go reflexively? Is it taking you deeper into God's truth? or deeper into your own understanding. Let's keep reviewing the scripture. Verses seven through nine take this home even more. Let's read this again. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise, they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. See, the fool or the mocker isn't the one who lacks knowledge. It's the one who stubbornly thinks they already know everything. The wise one isn't the one who knows everything. But the one who seeks understanding beyond their current knowledge, beyond their life experiences, beyond their assumptions. Kind of like the song said, Wisdom usually consists of what you know you don't know. Think of it a little like this. Who would you rather talk to about a problem if something came up in your life? Someone who offers you a one-size-fits-all solution that they've probably used for many other people or spouts unsolicited advice? Or would you rather talk to someone who listens? and asks you the questions. Says, I don't know how you feel. Help me to understand. I know which one I'd rather talk to. It takes humility to be truly wise as God intends. Like I said, every time I've been able to dispense some modicum of true wisdom, it began with realizing that I had no idea. God had to reveal it to me. And this leads us right to the verse in the middle of all of this. 
One of my favorite in all of scripture. The fear of the Lord. Actually, let's read it together. This is cool. Let's read it together. One, two, three. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Oh, I love that. And so I wanted to bring this together. Um, we're gonna, we just got to go a few more minutes here. With the disciples, uh, when they were in the boat, that time Jesus fell asleep. Remember that? The storm arrives. The boat is practically falling apart in the water. The disciples' default knowledge, remember default, simple, tells them the boat is going to be torn to pieces and they freak out. Nothing wrong with that. You and I would handle it even worse. Uh, We would be like, this boat does not meet Coast Guard standards. If we survive, this uncertified trash heap will be grounded permanently, mark my words. That's how we would act. The disciples, they had none of that to worry about. They're just trying to survive. And their fear is justified. This is a life-threatening situation. They wake Jesus up and go, Master, we're going to drown. Jesus commands the waves to be still. And just like that, the sea becomes so calm you can see your reflection in it. And then Jesus says to them, where is your faith? I don't think Jesus is being condescending when he says this. I often thought he was. I think I saw like a Jesus movie from years ago. It wasn't Passion of the Christ or anything, but it was like where Jesus looks at them and goes, where is your faith? And Shea Strickland at Grace Fellowship, I have to give him credit for this. He pointed this out. Jesus doesn't say, What's wrong with you guys? Everything was fine. It's just a little storm. (sighs) Meanwhile, you woke me up. I was dreaming I was back in heaven. Then one of the angels starts shaking my arm and I open my eyes. It's Bartholomew. Oh, so annoying. And he has bad breath. So it's like, come on already. That would be, that's often what I thought. He was just kind of just annoyed. Guys, where's your faith? Jesus does say, where is your faith? Where is your faith? What do you trust in? Let's not kid ourselves. I know the storm could destroy the boat, guys. That's realistic. I'm asking, where is your faith? What is the truest thing about the situation? Is it the storm and your fear of it? Or is the truest thing about this situation my authority, my love, my provision, my faithfulness? What is the truest thing about this, about this situation? Where is your faith? And what's the disciples' reaction? They look at Jesus like, whoa, who is this? The winds and waves obey him. All he does is speak, and they calm down. 
The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. So bringing this home, wisdom is not where we sit around spouting philosophical constructs and contemplations about how life could be. Pretty much everything you read in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, begins with clarity about who God is and knowing that nothing matters more. That's where it starts. Wisdom is about where your faith is right now. And so as we bring this to a close, and if the worship team wants to come up, you're welcome to. We're going to be a few more minutes, but we can, you guys can come up if you want. I would ask you this question. What wisdom rules your life right now? What wisdom are you listening to? Is the wisdom you're following a book or a writer whose insights seem like the truest thing in the universe to you right now? Is the wisdom in your life a news network, either side, which spouts bad news and conspiracies about the other side 24-7? Some of it could be true, just like the, boat, the storm was true right? Much of it may not be, but have you allowed it to become the truest thing in your universe? Is your wisdom something or someone you've lost and you can't see past the pain? Is it something good you've gained, but you hold on to it as if it were God? Now everything in my life feels worthwhile. It didn't before, but now it feels great. Is that what you're holding on to? Is wisdom your own interpretation of the events in your life? Is it some axiom you live by? Like, as long as I keep this part of my life in order, everything will be fine. Like me, is it an inner need to search out a complex way of seeing things? Or a simple one where you think you already know the answers? Wisdom cries out, let all who are simple come to me. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your, your own understanding. What is your simple? What is your own understanding? right now what wisdom rules your life and what is it doing to you where is your faith where is your faith I would like to pray for a moment let's just be quiet and let God speak to us for about 30 seconds about it and then I will close us with some prayer and we'll hand back to the worship team
Lord, I pray you would show me what wisdom I'm trusting in. I pray you'd help me to see beyond myself. Because I know true wisdom only comes from you, Lord. I can only be as wise as you make me, Lord. The wisdom of man is foolishness to God, even the wisest of our work. Lord, I submit that I don't know everything. And I submit that I hold on to things that pull me away and get me sidetracked from your love, which is the truest and most important thing in my life. I pray you'd help me to hear your wisdom speak into my life today. I pray you'd help me to put aside the things that have too much power over me so that I can trust in you. I pray this to be true for every person here. They would hear your voice in the way that they need to. Draw us into your wisdom, God. And let that make a difference in everything we do, in the way we live and what we ground ourselves in, God. Let our faith be in you. Amen.